0: I want to welcome back Tom Ratzlaff to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. This is now, I believe, is this appearance number five on the show? I think that's right. And this is a show that you you came up with and you've created this idea. So uh, spoilers for everybody, I'm not actually losing a DVD or a Blu-ray at the end of this show. We're going to be talking about movie trailers and we've each selected five movie trailers. And for our very first one, this will be a series of shows that we do, we decided to look at the western genre in doing that and so what we're going to be talking about is it's gonna be a little bit different you know we're just gonna go back and forth with the uh, trailers that we selected and we're going to talk about and we're revealing reviewing the trailers, not the movies themselves. And Tom, there were some criteria that we were looking at when it came to assessing these trailers. So uh, what were the things that, that you wanted to, to look at?
1: Well, for me, the mark of a good trailer, I mean, besides the fact that it might look and sound and feel interesting, you know, potentially denote a movie I'd want to see. One of the things that has always bothered me is when I've gone to see a movie and discovered that it's nothing like the trailer. That doesn't happen all that often anymore, but it certainly does sometimes. Sometimes it's a seemingly subtle thing that's really big and important. You know, when there are some really important factors about a movie and the trailer suggests none of those, and something pretty serious is missing, I think. When the trailer suggests a different movie than the one I see, that's very frustrating. And and sometimes there'll be something subtle, but really important in the film, very thematically important, maybe really important to the central character, that doesn't really come out at all in the trailer, and that too, I think, is something that's really missing. After all, a trailer is supposed to do two things. One is sell the movie, the other is find the right audience. I mean, after all, the response to the movie is going to be negative if the wrong audience sees it and not the right so finding the appropriate target audience not just finding the target audience with the money
0: we are having some trouble with the audio and our connection here so if there if there are some problems uh listening to this hopefully you know you'll you'll bear with us uh, i'll try to edit out the most egregious ones here For me, looking at the 10 trailers, I I wanted to, you know, see trailers where I'm excited to see the movie. So that's kind of a simple thing. But the other thing I I was concerned with is the tone. And you had the good idea that, like, we have to have watched these movies as well as as watched the trailers. So that, you know, when I'm looking at the trailer, I can tell if the tone is completely different than what the actual movie is. And that's what gained or lost points for me when we talk about uh, some of these movies.
1: One of the, the elements that apparently the movie industry trailer makers suggest is really important is making sure that all the stars are present. I suppose that can be a factor, too. I mean... We've all heard stories of people complaining that the trailer made it look like so-and-so, my favorite actor, was going to be... Yeah, to the filmmakers, it's important to advertise star power in the movie because that attracts audience. But some people complain sometimes of seeing a movie that includes an actor who's prominent in the trailer, but has maybe one scene in the film. But mentioning star power is fine, but but misleading the audience.
0: There is one of these for sure that's like that.
1: There's one that I think is completely misleading, and that's the one I've given the fewest points. It's too bad because the film is... Yeah, sure borderline brilliant it's it's really a a great great movie but trailer doesn't do it justice anyway yeah.
0: that's what i found too that was weird with my points Th- there are some movies we're going to talk about i think at least one that i've reviewed no t- two that i've reviewed on the show already several that are going to be reviewed in the future and there are a few that i don't own so as far as the points go there are movies i absolutely love but the trailers i gave very few points to because i just thought it was completely it was like showing a completely different movie and in many cases a less interesting movie than what the movie actually turned out to be i don't know how much we need to worry about spoilers and language on this one but uh, i don't know there there might there might be the chance that we mentioned some plot point in some of the movies but probably the spoilers would be best suited to a full review of some of these movies so that that probably shouldn't be an issue so uh, let's get into it here if you're ready to go tom
1: i'm ready when you are i'll
0: let you uh, go first
1: well how about we start with the sisters brothers run from me darling.
0: Run, my good wife Run from me, darling You better run for your life Run from me, baby You better run
1: for
0: your life. Did you realize that our father was struck raving mad when we got his foul blood in our veins? That was his gift to us. That blood, that's why we're good at what we do. Charlie, when you kill a man you end up with his father or his friends on your tail. It usually ends badly.
1: We finished this last job. And then part ways.
0: We've had a good long run. We're still alive.
1: It's a chance to get out.
0: You're forgetting something. We're the sisters brothers. And to finish the job. Nothing's changed. You're my little brother. I love you. You better run for your life. So that's your first Western, is The Sisters Brothers, and it's actually a a fairly obscure Western, even though the novel is just a masterpiece. But I was so excited when this movie, the trailers came out for this movie, and the movie itself didn't make as much of a splash as I was expecting it to.
1: No, I agree. When I saw the movie, I thought it was brilliant. Now that I've seen it a second time, I know that it's brilliant. It's a remarkable piece of of literature (laughs) on film, very fine. And of course the performances are exceptional. Well, everything about the movie. And we're not here to talk about the movie. We're here to talk about the trailer. I must have watched this trailer six or seven times trying to find something to criticize. Couldn't do it. A couple of times I thought I'd found something. Then I thought about it and realized, no, it's, I, I, I honestly think this is the best trailer that we, that we see. It thematically, the trailer leaves the impression that no matter what else they're, they're trying to find, the thing that they discover has the most value is things like the love of family and, and of home that of course is a big message in the movie it's clear in the trailer even the trailer's music gives us the impression that this movie is going to be about people who are running away from each other chasing each other that itself you know presents an intriguing possibility you're chasing and being chased at the same time you're also you're running away to get to what you're also running away from in the two brothers that's the basis of their conflict one wants to go home the other wants to go anywhere but home you know but even the music in the trailer just like in the movie and wisely, they don't use different music. They've managed to create that feeling, that idea. It's it's rare that you'd find a trailer that both covers the important points, demonstrates the the kinds of things that are going to attract an audience. And in a Western, let's face it, violence is one of them. And the the nature of the manly characters, another. they're both there. But at the same time, the trailer manages to capture a lot of the subtleties in the movie. And that's rare. That's got to be difficult. You've got a minute and a half or two minutes. How do you capture? some of the subtlety and yet this one doesn't so there you go Mm -hmm. top marks to this one now jason proved i'm wrong (laughs) for me i agree with you on everything you're
0: saying about the music and about kind of this is another one where they got the tone right somehow for me it was in the middle of the pack i i I think they did a nice balance so i'm coming more from the marketing point of view i guess on this one nice balance of making the movie seem very exciting to audiences and again i remember this trailer coming out and i was so pumped that that they had a, a, a movie version of this. I, I'm not sure that I ever envisioned John C. Riley being uh, one of the characters when I read the novel, but when, when I saw it, I mean it made sense to me. But I was really excited to see that they'd made the movie and I was excited to see, about, see it and everything in the trailer makes it exciting. But the thing that they did which I liked, I'll be critical of some other reviews, is they also didn't give too much away. They showed enough but they didn't give major parts of it. There was enough of a mystery. If you haven't read the book and you were only going in cold to see the movie for the first time I... I don't think much would be spoiled for you about the sisters brothers going going in if you just watch that trailer
1: well I guess I'm a good test of that because I saw the trailer we were at another movie yeah. uh, the coming attraction yeah. and immediately we turned to each other and said we want to see that movie
0: having seen the movie first if you like the book as much as I did uh, but this is one where I, where I wasn't fighting it as much when I was watching the movie I wasn't like oh how could they get that wrong and that wrong I think they were pretty true to, to form so I think overall this was a very good trailer and this will be this is a movie i don't actually own but this is a good chance for me to promote people to check out sisters brothers the Absolutely. book in the movie yeah anything else you want to say about it before we move into my first selection no. all right so i'm going to start off with the trailer for a movie that was reviewed on the show with the show i did with my brother craig on kevin costner movies we're gonna start off with dances with wolves Just here that you've been decorated,
1: and they sent you here to be posted? Actually, sir, I'm here at my own request. Why? I've always wanted to see the frontier. You want to see the frontier? Yes, sir, before it's gone. There ain't nothing here, Lieutenant. Everybody's run off or got killed. What about Indians? i
0: I, I quite like this trailer. i I, I like the movie. and I, as I said when I reviewed it, I thought, given the time that has passed, that I would be fighting with the movie a lot more than I have. And also, like, because it's notorious for being, like, the people are always mad at how green is my valley for beating Citizen Kane for Best Picture of the Year at the Oscars. And a lot of people are mad at Dances with Wolves for beating Goodfellas in 1990. But I I do, the movie has gone better and better for me over the years. I didn't like it much when I was a kid and I first saw it. And just objectively watching this trailer, there's a lot that's shown in the movie and a different sections of, of the movie without, I don't think, giving too much away. The other piece that they did is like it was a big Hollywood epic film and you get how big and epic it is from the trailer. So it conve- yes. conveys that nature really well and it shows off one of the great assets. I don't think anybody even those who are now not huge fans of Dances with Wolves one of its greatest assets uh, I, I think the two greatest assets are its film score by John Barry but the other one is its beautiful cinematography and the trailer does a nice job of showing how what a beautiful film dances with wolves is as well so i i really like the trailer it what you know it's very much it wasn't my favorite of the 10 trailers we're talking about but it's it's one that still got me excited to re-watch either the three-hour or the four-hour uh version of dances with wolves so so i'm curious uh what, what did you think of the the trailer i sent you for dances with wolves
1: i think it's very functional i think pretty much everything you've said about about it is true. I think from a commercial standpoint, it actually has one negative aspect to it, or uh, maybe, maybe two. One is a, an undecided, because after all, this was 1990 we're talking about. The first one, it really kind of ignores some of the action in the film, and some of which is potentially quite disturbing. They don't do it graphically. It's not a Quentin Tarantino movie, but there's certainly violence there, and there there, there is a lot of, of social commentary. Those two things are lost a little bit in the effort to make this seem more of a romantic movie about the character's experience. But there's the problem. The film is two things. That's not a criticism of the film. It just is true. It's partly about the horror of history and it's partly about the loss of that beautiful frontier. And so Mm -hmm. cinematography has to be there, has to be beautiful, has to be somewhat romantic because of the emotional impact it has on the main character and on us. Thankfully, it's very well shot, you know. So, so that's kind of a, it's not really a major criticism, but it's a little more of a question. Why didn't they try to sell the movie a little harder? I'm not disappointed that they didn't. One of the things that does disappoint me, though, is that the trailer doesn't seem to bother much, if at all, with two socks. The wolf is a very important character. And uh, of course, the ultimate fate of the wolf is a rather disturbing moment. It's also symbolically really important. Yes. Um, so I think that should have been included in trailer. I mean, and, I don't want yep. to see the
0: fate of Two Socks in the trailer, but I do want to see more of Two Socks.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what, I do, don't want to see the fate either. But the fact that that fate is missing, plus virtually none, except a, a, a glimpse in one scene, a tiny portion, and not a very powerful one. The trailer doesn't really deal with the depiction of genocide that is so important in this film. And, mm. I mean, the film certainly addresses the issue near the end very, very pointedly in the words of the main character. I mean, it, it doesn't just show it also hotels because it was an important message but that's not there in the trailer part of me thinks that might have been a wise choice in 1990 I think so you know in the context of uh, a lot of the films and a lot of the state of the world in the the, 70s much of the 70s um, there was a lot to be said uh, in by artists like racism and sexism and all of the negative isms and there might have been a feeling that there was a feeling in 80s society that some people were kind of tired of hearing about it, which is really a shame. And it's probably a big part of the reason why it's back it has been for, well, it's never gone away, but let's mm-hmm. face it. It hasn't been a very good couple of years, the last couple of yeah. years. I'm, I'm just wondering whether my criticism isn't too harsh, given that it was 1990 and people might have stayed away from the movie if they'd known it was going to be, they, they might've felt like they were going to be lectured instead of mm-hmm. to see something. So, so, you know, from that standpoint, I might have made the same decision to focus more on the, um, the landscape and maybe hint at its demise uh, and make it mm-hmm. a little more about that than about the atrocities. Yeah.
0: I think I agree with you about two socks. I, part of this is just going into kind of remembering vaguely cause I wasn't, you know, fully formed brain. I was a, a young guy in 1990 when this came out, but knowing the history of the Academy Awards in particular, which was a little bit of a heartbeat of the movie industry at the time, uh, a lot of people don't understand why Goodfellas didn't win Best Picture of the Year. They also didn't understand that coming off of the the 1980s and into the early 90s, that would be a graphically violent film, that the Academy just did not take risks with movies that were that violent. In giving it the the top prize of the year they would yeah. pick important films but they they tried to hide as much as possible the, the language and the violence that's part of goodfellas which it turned off some older academy voters and older members of hollywood who voted for dances with wolves because it was a safer choice at the time if dances with wolves had you know marketed their movie based on the extreme violence in there that could have sunk it really from yeah. um, like when everything was controlled by the studio And I'm just going back to, like, in the early 90s, Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins uh, made a a political statement when presenting an award, and they were barred from going to the Academy Awards for two or three years after that because they had made a political statement. It was a – not that it's much better now, but it was a very repressive time. And so I I think that that would have been the challenge for – I know Ryan Pictures actually only lasted for another year past this. Uh, They they did really well. They had a a string of Academy Award-winning films, but then it actually – went bankrupt shortly after this, a year or so after this. So I think they were very risk adverse at that time. And and that's probably why... Some of those elements, which are very prominent in the film, don't appear in the trailer. So I agree that it'd be nice if they were there. If it was to be released today, it, it would be. I don't know if it would be released today because it's from the point of view of a white man. I, I think that's been the criticism of it. But yeah, I think it works as a trailer and it works as a trailer for the time. But you're right. It's, it's, not, it's not perfect.
1: No, it's not perfect. At the same time, it's also not, not unfair. It isn't deliberately, it doesn't give the opposite impression. It only gives you, no. you know, 60% of what's there but it does that yeah. well
0: for a very long movie but i don't think it misrepresents what it is um no. like some no. of the other movies we're going to talk about really do yeah all right i think it's time for your second choice here tom and so what's the second western trailer that you want to uh, share mm-hmm. with
1: them well you know following up dances with wolves it, it seems only right that the one to follow it up with is little big man one hundred and eleven years ago when I was 10 years old. Between 1858 and 1878, Jack Crabb was an Indian warrior, a preacher's ward, a gunfighter, a drunkard, a hermit, and he tried to kill General Custer. Take him away and hang him. And you can believe as much of that as you want. Dustin Hoffman plays Jack Crabb. Throw three. And he plays him for real. After real, after real. After Real in Little Big Man. Dustin Hoffman, Real too. These were human beings, my son. And now they're dead. Rubbed out by those ugly, unnatural creatures. Why would they kill women and children? Because they are strange. They do not seem to know where the center of the earth is. We must have a war on these cowards and teach them a lesson. Dustin Hoffman, real five. You mad fool! <laughs> Got to cut your throat to get it through your head. I'm a white man. White? Sure I'm white. Didn't you hear me say God bless George Washington. God bless my mother. I mean, now what kind of Indian would say a fool thing like that? Dustin Hoffman and Martin Balsam, real seven. You're improving, Jack. You just can't seem to get rid of that streak of honesty in you. The one that ruined you was that damned Indian, Old Titi. You mean Old Lodzkin? He gave you a vision of moral order in the universe, and there isn't any. Dustin Hoffman and Faye Dunaway as Mrs. Pendrake, real four. You do realize, don't you, dear Jack, that the Reverend Pendrake is not altogether wrong. And what man? Well, Jesus is. Your savior. You do realize that, don't you, dear Jack? Oh, Lord. Yes, Miss Are you thinking of Jesus, Jack? Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But you mustn't fib to me, you know. Oh, no. I love Jesus and Moses and all of them. Dustin Hoffman and Wild Bill Hickok, Real Nine. Dustin Hoffman and General Custer, real thirteen. Take my advice. Go west. My wife, she she's awful scared of My dear woman, you have nothing to fear from the Indians. I give you my personal guarantee. For Christian America. Let your arrows fly, savages! I am on board! Arthur Penn, who gave you the miracle worker, Bonnie and Clyde, and Alice's Restaurant, has created 15 reels of motion picture entertainment called Little Big Man. Oh! <laughs> oh. oh. Ah. oh you devil! Oh! Oh! Onward to Little Big Horn. Welcome to your new home. So what do you think of the trailer? Well, you know, it was an interesting experience because I saw Little Big Man a few short years after it came out. I can't remember exactly when, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say I was in grade 12, maybe maybe the year after that. So I honestly don't remember whether I saw the trailer back in 1970. I think it was probably 73, 74, somewhere in there that I actually saw the trailer. Probably as a coming attraction at the drive-in theater, same drive-in theater that we reviewed. But I really, really enjoyed the film. So choosing it now was easy. And, and watching the trailer, I thought, well, who cares whether I remember whether I saw it or not back then. For me, this trailer proved to be a little bit of a disappointment. I mean, not a major disappointment. The trailer is quite true to the film in a lot of ways. Of course, the film is about so many things. Anyone who hasn't seen Little Big Man, basically, there's a filmmaker who is interviewing an extremely old man what is it 121 or something like that yeah it's wild he's, yeah well the old he's ancient wild. decrepit led by dustin Hoffman, and um he relays a whole lot of memories about his life or rather his past lives so of course immediately we're not sure how much of this is truth how much of this is legitimately distorted simply by memory which happens uh or things fuse together because of memory and how much of it is complete bullshit. and the film manages to keep that question throughout, which is the strength of the film. The trailer, the trailer seemed to me to be really weird for the mm-hmm. movie simply because it it starts by saying this is a movie about Dustin Hoffman being in, in 15 reels or something like that. It isn't about oh. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, he's the actor. None of it is about Dustin Hoffman. It's all about the character. And so come on, I mean, don't make the trailer appear to be about something by Brecht. <laughs> Uh, with absolutely no uh, suspension of disbelief whatsoever. And when that isn't the movie. So for me, that was a big negative. On the other hand, when you look at a lot of the things that the the trailer does, it really is a good summary of what's in the film. It it does manage to show us the various important characters. Maybe gives a little more importance to Faye Dunaway's character. But, eh, you know... That's my that issue. Big deal. Yeah. It my- yeah, because she, she does appear in it twice, but I mean, come on. Chief Dan George is crucial to so much of this film, I mean, his, his character. And yeah, he's there, but you get the impression that Dunaway is more important. They don't do that over- overtly. Just the amount of time in which her image is on screen is exaggerated compared to the amount of time images on on the screen yeah it's an important point but it's not the biggest one oddly enough though the trailer takes a rather light-hearted attitude to what's going on it Mm -hmm. doesn't clearly show us that there's a lot of satire in this movie and that it's 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 hinted at but it's not you might be misled for me, finding more satire in a film than I expected from the trailer ain't a problem. I like satire. One of the misleading things about the trailer is that we get the impression that it's a disjointed collection of scenes, and that is a grossly unfair description. If anyone ever uses that about the movie, it's a great unity, and uh, you know, as as literature, and so it's a failing of the trailer, not of the film. I don't know. I, I, the more I talk about it, the more I think, I gave this trailer more credit than I should have. And yet I'm just being critical the whole time. I suppose one of the surprising things, I, you know, I just found it in my notes here. The surprising thing about the trailer, and something that I almost want to give it credit for, for its bravery, they did not try to attract the typical um, movie Western fan. There is very little, if anything, in this trailer that's going to attract that, that fan, which is a bit of a risk. So full marks for taking risks. And of course, what's the point of satire if you don't attract anybody who you want to try to force to think in a different way? So there, I have nothing more to say about the trailer I've really mixed feelings about it obviously.
0: There have been two Dustin Hoffman movies kind of from the early 70s that I had not been able to see for the longest time sometime last year I finally got my hands on a a copy of Straw Dogs Mm -hmm. and so I'm able to uh, uh, review that on the show someday but the other one was that I had never seen was Little Big Man and so I was happy to find a way to be able to, I could only rent it, I couldn't get my hands on something to buy it. So I'm glad you suggested this so I could finally see the movie at long last. I think my review of the movie would be quite different than my review of the trailer. And I get it. It's, we're going late. kind of like, you know, the influence of the late eighties on the dances with wolves trailer, the influence of the late, Six in the celebration of these exciting new movie stars seemed to overshadow promoting this movie properly. And so we're Arthur Penn is the director, um, great director, but this was a follow up to Bonnie and Clyde, which was one of the best American movies you know arguably of all time which starred Faye Dunaway as well and (laughs) so that made a big star of Faye Dunaway and the same year The Graduate came out made a big star of Dustin Hoffman plus we also had Midnight Cowboy for Dustin Hoffman so these were two very hot Hollywood actors and so they made the entire thing about Dustin Hoffman mostly about Dustin Hoffman but then huge credit to Faye Dunaway in a a very very small role Uh, I, I reviewed The Tower Towering Inferno with Kurt Fitzpatrick on this show. And she's a, a member of the ensemble in that film. And I think she has a ton more screen time in The Towering Inferno than than she does in Little Big Man. But they made it look like she was second billing for the film. And yeah. they also really wanted to play up on on the, the, the sexual nature of her character. And this very strange, uh, I'm not quite sure you could call it a romance between them, which is very, very brief in the film. But she's barely in it. So it's very deceptive in that way, which ca- you know caused me to you know lose points, uh, give it less points. You're right; it does cover much like Dances with Wolves a wide range of this of all of the different events in the film, which are it's a very original, very bizarre Western film for sure. Nothing quite like it, but at <laughs> the same time, I don't think it completely gives the whole movie away. So I was a little bit mixed. But because it was so much about Faye Dunaway and, and Dustin Hoffman and less about the movie itself, I, I I really cannot recommend the trailer. I would recommend people check out the movie if I get a chance to talk about it more in the future. If I get a copy of Little Big Man, I certainly would bring it onto the show. But the trailer itself was very kind of of the times and was a very Hollywood trailer. So that was one I I... I just could not get excited about that trailer. But I'm thinking probably if I'm sitting at the coming attractions before a movie in um, early 1970 and I see that come up, I'm excited to see it because I like Faye Dunaway and I like Dustin Hoffman and I want to see them in a movie together and it looks interesting enough. So I think they marketed it well, but I don't think when they see the movie, it's not what was presented to them in the in the official trailer for the film so that's that's my review of it
1: so essentially we, we agree on this
0: guy i think so
1: we, we'll yeah. see how,
0: how our points breakdown goes let's stick to the 1970s okay. with my second pick the rare comedy western blazing saddles
1: torn from the fiery pages of the mightiest annals of the west comes the supreme saga in the great tradition of frontier drama
0: He rode a blazing saddle, he wore a
1: shining star. His job to offer battle to bad men near and far. What's your name? Well, my name is Jim, but most people call me. Jim. Well, do your best. Now, let's see. Where were we? Oh, Rock Ridge. Rock Ridge. I want that land Clumsy fool I'm sorry Wait a minute There might be a legal precedent Of course Land snatching Let's See, Land land, land. Sea snatch uh, Hello handsome Is
0: that a ten gallon hat?
1: So just sign this okay. sir right here oh, Okay
0: give us a hand here Alright sir Work, work, work,
1: work, 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 work. Okay, folks, let's wipe out. The heroic sheriff rallies his citizens in the wildest finish the West has ever seen, or the movies have ever shown. Ow! Oh! Ow! Have you ever seen such cruelty?
0: And so I, I think we both picked this one and I had claimed it first, I guess. And, and so I, I think it's an interesting one to talk about. The movie's an interesting film to talk about I, at some point. Certainly I've had references to it. Larry had made a reference to Blazing Saddles uh, on a show I recorded, Larry Parsons of Rankin review, which I should recommend right now. So I think on the whole, it got the tone of the movie right and didn't give away too much of the movie. When I watched the trailer, I didn't find myself that excited to see the film. Like watching some of these, I was ready to put the Blu-ray in and and watch this movie again. I
1: I didn't have that urge to see Blazing Saddles. What did you think of the trailer? Okay, first, in fairness, you were cutting out a bit. So apologies if I repeat something you said. I won't apologize if I contradict you, though. (laughs) The first thought that hit me was, how could you possibly make a trailer about this movie? The, the movie itself is kind of a collage of satirical comedy sketches, and it's um, a satire of a whole lot of things, including the making of movies in general, and specifically the making of Western movies. It's a satire of yeah. Hollywood itself. It is so many things, yes. which is kind of indicative of a Mel Brooks movie. But how yes. can you possibly make a trailer to do it justice? I don't think this does do it justice, like you. But I'm also not quite sure how they could have fixed that. You know, it, it's, it's the trailer itself is partly a parody of old style trailers for Westerns, at least in certain moments. Mm-hmm. And like the movie, the trailer kind of focuses on some of the cliches that are used, the, the old movie cliches that are used to set up jokes. That's true in, the, in both. So it's not untrue to the movie. Why doesn't it really work very well? That's a really big question. The fact is it doesn't work all that well. It's not a complete failure because it is going to reach a certain audience, especially an adolescent audience. They're looking for good one-liners, you know? And because of the the use of the old cliches, it might also attract people who've been watching these movies for years and sometimes been going, oh, God, I can't watch another John Wayne movie. It's so full of pay. And here are somebody satirizing the same cliches. That's got to attract someone. It worked for me. But then so did the jokes. I was a teenager, a blazing saddle. A tidbit of trivia and just doing some reading discovered that I was reminded that young Frankenstein followed this one and that Young Frankenstein was not Mel Brooks' idea, it was Gene Wilder's idea. He and Mel Brooks took it and ran with it. To me, that's a, that's an absolutely brilliant parody slash satire slash smooth <laughs> Young Frankenstein. But as I recall, the trailer for that one was better too. I think because the nature of the movie and how do you make a trailer so it might seem unfair when we're critical of it you're right it doesn't really excite a person on the other hand you wouldn't want them to use all of the best jokes to really get people excited to see it because of course then they'll go to the yeah. movie and say well all the best jokes i already saw i'm disappointed you know and people weren't disappointed when they went to see mm-hmm. me uh, word of mouth became an extremely effective way of seeing it how do i know <laughs> well i was one of the people i saw the trailer i thought yeah that might be funny Honestly, it was what other people said about it that really made me want to go see. It. I would have gone anyway. I was a teenager. It was a comedy. I mean,
0: I, I think it's one of those ones where you might be lukewarm to maybe I'll give it a chance. It might be just the presence of like Gene Wilder being in there or something like that would be enough. Or, or you've seen a previous Mel Brooks film and that would probably you'd be fine separating yourself from your money to go check it out. And then the movie will be an even better experience. And that's the hope, is that the trailer's exciting but the movie's an even better experience than watching the trailer. It rarely happens, to be honest. But uh, this one is one where yeah, the, the movie, and not that they've done anything misleading, but the movie is a lot more entertaining and a lot more fun than watching the trailer. And that's probably how it should be. So that's that's a good thing about the movie. But when i'm putting these up against the other nine yeah it's it's better than some of them but it it's just not yeah. as exciting as
1: no,
0: uh, little big man has a certain energy to it i you know i'm giving more points to be honest to blazing saddles their trailer but because i felt it was less misleading but uh the the little big man trailer like you can't accuse it of being uh, unexciting no, like, uh, no, no no it 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 has a a portion an energy to it is
1: there anything else you wanted to say about the Blazing Saddles trailer? Cleavon Little. I remember seeing the trailer. I remember thinking, oh, who's that guy? He seems really comfortable and on screen and has a really good presence. And I saw the movie and realized I hadn't seen anything yet because he really he really is that movie. So I guess there's a plus. The trailer managed to capture Little's uh, presence and his, his comedic sensibility. I have no idea why he didn't continue to be a huge star because...
0: Yeah, it, it, it's one of those, like, he had this role that he'll always be remembered for. But when you look at the cast, he was the least successful. I don't know, it was maybe the the politics. I mean, you know, they had room for a Richard Pryor, who was actually a, a co-screenwriter of Blazes and Saddles, but they, they didn't have room for several other talented African-American comedic actors. Or actors in general, I think he would have been fine in a in a... Movies that weren't comedic as well. So, so what you have for me? What is what is your uh, your third western?
1: Why don't we go with the almost completely Canadian content movie, <laughs> The Grey Fox? What
0: kind of work do you do, Bill?
1: I rob stagecoaches. about where you've been, I frankly don't have much use for your kind. Is
0: that you, Nat? Yep. I think we're being robbed. You're being robbed.
1: Much less worldly than, than you think. Are you indeed?
0: Man, my age, the future don't mean too much unless you're maybe thinking about next week.
1: I realize something about myself. I've got ambitions in me that just won't quit. Mr. Farnsworth might not have been Canadian, but damn it, he had a major role in Anna Green Table*, so, you know, he was honorary yeah. Canadian, right? <laughs> he,
0: he, he fits well in, like, I, I can't think of another actor to play that role. This was another one that I hadn't actually seen before, so I was happy to have the chance to see it. What do you think of the trailer?
1: Well, in fairness, unfortunately, I couldn't find anywhere the original trailer. It just doesn't seem to exist, at least not according to this researcher. So the trailer that we watched was the one prepared in 2019, was it, or 2018 when they did the re release? 2019. That's the trailer we watched. The trailer that they made in hindsight and in retrospect and with all that time to digest the film. Because they refer to Academy Award nominee Richard Farnsworth,
0: but he didn't get his o- Oscar nomination until one of his last, if not his
1: last films, The Straight Story. And, and of course, he's a fine actor. There's no problem with mentioning that. But, is, well, it's always misleading when they phrase it that way because you think, oh, he was nominated for this film, and, of course, he wasn't. Though some of us think maybe he should have been, I don't know.
0: Because early '80s. I forget if it was 1980 itself. I, I have to look at the year.
1: '82 for the Grey Fox. '82.
0: Yeah, that, that that was an interesting year. That was make sure I have that straight. That was a year of Gandhi, I believe, and also the year of of Tootsie. So uh, it was it was a, a crowded field for for Best Actor that year. I yeah, think.
1: I believe the Grey Fox did get some attention at the Academy Awards uh, as an international film. But, hey, that was a long time ago, 1982. I, I'm not even sure I was a teacher yet when I first saw the movie. Pardon it me? actually had two Golden Globe
0: nominations. One was for Best Foreign Film, and it had a, a Best Actor nomination for Richard Farnsworth in the Best Actor in a Drama category. No Academy Award nominations, though.
1: Okay. And one of the surprises is that there were also no awards except in the Canadian Awards. Or the cinematography, which is remarkable at times—the panoramic views of the mountains and the uh, many of the shots of the trains, even even the film perspective shots around the trains. You know, they capture the fact that often a rail bed is very elevated. So if you were standing there, you would be looking up at it. Anyway, I I found it visually really quite amazing. The film, a a, a decent amount of that is is. Represented in the trailer, of course. And so the trailer looks really good. One of the failings of the trailer, problems with the trailer, is that the promotional clips, the text of the promotional clips, superimposed over shots, and often those hide some of the beautiful photography of the movie. So, you know, it's, I can understand why they want to use those promotional clips. They were high praise. And uh, they're re-releasing the film, they want people to see it, so why not use the best of the promotion, the best of the uh, critical praise from back in the day? Why did they have to cover up the beautiful mountains to do it, you know? So as criticisms go of that trailer, though, that's uh, that's the only one I really have. Music used in the trailer is the same as the music in the film, and it's quite appealing as well. It's it's very upbeat. It's Factor that It's a kind of music that uh, a lot of people like, and it's upbeat, so the film's mood is um, reflected in the trailer's mood. One thing that's included less, and again, this isn't necessarily a negative, there's a very bleak side to this film, both about the world at the time, the poverty and the hardship, and of course, Bill Miner's fate. And a fate worse than death, he becomes irrelevant. That's really bleak. These things are hinted at, and and that's yeah. almost depressing. It's tragic, and that's maybe downplayed a little bit, but it's also, we're not misled by it. Everything is hinted at, and I think, on the whole, the trailer does its job quite well. So, you know, for me, my criticisms feel a little unfair because I like the trailer. I think it's a good job. I think if only they had shared those those critical review a little differently that's uh, that's one thing i would have changed and maybe made it a little clearer that in part this is a tragedy let's not forget that it's beautiful but it's a tragedy just like hamlet
0: i felt it was very much it was sold based on the critical comments and that was the focus of it. And all of these important critics over the years value this film. So you should check it out if you haven't. Which is done in independent cinema a lot. Even movies like The Sisters Brothers did that and made use of some some comments by critics. But th- this was heavy on that. I didn't I didn't have a huge problem with it in that way. I, I found the trailer where it's a little bit deceptive. I, I think the trailer is more energetic than the film itself. like it it is a slow burn film to review it with you would be kind of a different conversation i think and i'm not sure i want to get into that because we might be in slightly different places i i liked it enough as a movie but the trailer makes it seem like it's it's got like it's moving at a fast pace uh not like fast and the furious pace but it's moving at a a fairly fast pace, and it, it doesn't really, and uh, if you're familiar with Richard Farnsworth, and you've seen his work, he's probably most famous for being the sheriff in uh, Rob Reiner's Misery film, based on the Stephen King novel, uh, that's where I think I first paid attention to him, but very authentic actor, everything that he says is purposeful, it's slow, there's so much subtext to it, his face is so interesting, his voice is so interesting, and he's very believable in this way, but the way he delivers lines slowly and methodically very much parallels the pace of the film. And that's not what I would get if I was watching the trailer because I saw the film first, then I saw the trailer you sent me afterwards. And it was like immediately after I saw the film, I saw the trailer and I like, there's a disconnect there. So it lost some points for me in that way. But I think it did a good job on the marketing front. And I wasn't as distracted as you were by the, the comments popping up blocking out the photography, because I agree the the set decoration and when and where they filmed it in Canada, beautiful part of the world, and to have that blocked out by critics' comments is a little bit of a shame. You're, you're right, but because they were trying so hard to show that this is an important film to those watching the trailer, I think it served its purpose in that way. But where I had more of an issue is I think the tone of the trailer is different than the tone of the film and the energy
1: yeah well i agree about the energy it does make me feel tempted to remove the remove review the movie though because i'm thinking of so many scenes in which his his uh character and his delivery of the character is delightfully contrasted by jackie burroughs for one and their scenes together There's, there's a balance that's created by the imbalance and the same is true of his sidekick character, his fellow thief, the actor's mm-hmm. name, I can't remember now, I'm sorry. Another Canadian, of course. And he, too, his character is at times almost hyperactive. And it's kind of fun to watch Watch the, the different kinds of sparks that fly out of him that gets doused by, by Farnsworth. Anyway, it's, it's interesting work to watch.
0: And you're referring to Shorty,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wayne Robson is the name of the actor. It, it would be an interesting, and that'd be a, for another day. We might find some excuse to review it on the show if I, I don't have a, a physical copy of of the Gray Fox, but sounds like we, we, yeah, I'd, I'll, I'll reserve that one for you. Maybe we can find some. <laughs> oh, day.
1: yeah. So it's actually available free on.
0: I, I got it on Crave. That's where it was. For those American listeners, if there are American listeners out there, that's kind of like Hulu. Out there in in, in Canada is is Crave, so. And that, that's where I saw it. So I, I don't actually own a, a copy of this one.
1: Yeah. It might also be available on YouTube. I'm not sure if it would be free or not on YouTube.
0: Yeah, it might be. Or it might be for rent. So. Yeah, anyway, I... I, I think on the whole, I, I like the movie more than the trailer, but uh, there were things about the trailer I appreciated it. So it's it's kind of a a back and forth type of thing here. But I think the trailer conveys some things which are not actually what the movie is about. But you that might lead to a disagreement on some aspects of the the film uh, from your point of view to mine. So which is okay as well. For uh, the next film, I'm I'm going to bring forward here. Is we're going to go for a great star of Western films, Clint Eastwood, and uh, this is uh, there'll be the first of two Clint Eastwood movie trailers that we are uh, talking about here, uh, and this is the first one that won him an Academy Award for Best Director and as the producer for Best Picture, 1992's *Unforgiven*.
1: Penny, why don't you help the brother out? That was so cute. <laughs> My guess is you're calling yourself Mr. William Money. You have me confused with someone else, Mr. You're the one who killed William Harvey and robbed that train over Missouri. We'll talk
0: inside. You don't look no cold-blooded damn killer. Maybe I ain't. I'm heading
1: up north, gonna kill a couple of no good cowboys. For what? For cutting up a lady, cut up a face. Cut her eyes out. Cut her ears out. How about it, Will? Two of them cowboys, isn't there? Better than three of us. Ned Logan. He's my partner. We ain't bad men no more. We're farmers. How long's it been since you fired a gun at the man, Will? Nine, ten years? Eleven.
0: They're paying $1,000 to whatever son of a bitch kills the two boys that cut up Delilah. Tell
1: them there ain't no horse, Gold! Even if there was, oh, they wouldn't want to come looking for it.
0: With any luck, we'll find them by nightfall or in the morning. We can shoot them and head on back with the money. Go, Davey!
1: Well, ain't you gonna shoot? shoot him down like a mangy scoundrel he is. Are you really gonna kill them cowboys? I ain't like you. Well, I guess they had it coming. We all have it coming. Just about everything that walks or crawls at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you. I'll see you
0: in hell. I, I'm not sure I got it the first time I saw it when I was young, but I love Unforgiven. I really love that movie. So don't get me wrong, when I... Now spend most of this time being unforgiving to the trailer of this film, which to me doesn't relate really in any way, shape or form to the amazing film that Clint Eastwood created. I, I didn't get anything that matched the film that I saw. It pretty much strikes the wrong tone. The music choice that they use for the trailer is nothing like the music that's in Unforgiven, this beautiful music that is like the heart and soul of. Tragic at the beginning and end in Unforgiven. I also would accuse it of showing way too much of the movie. Like it, it shows a ton of stuff in the movie, and including you know death scenes for major characters that you know. And and maybe I just wasn't. I feel like there were TV spots that were different than this one that came out because I don't remember. I saw this movie with my uncle Rick, and we went went to see it in theaters. And I I don't remember being the least bit prepared for, it, but I don't remember the it being kind of this this Hollywood and corny. So I, I really despise this trailer. And maybe it's because the movie is so great and the disconnect between the trailer and this movie that I being extra hard on this one. But yeah, Tom, what do you think about this this one? Are Are, are you, you know, with me?
1: I don't know if you noticed me silently laughing, but yeah, it was like you were going through my notes. Bizarre. So uh, I completely agree. I could not believe when I got to the point in the uh, trailer when they started playing a Nine Inch Nails song. (laughs) The the title of the song is Zero Sum. That is the only aspect of that song that is in any way, shape or form even remotely connected to this movie. And the sound is, it's like having Nine Inch Nails dragged across a chalkboard. That's how inappropriate it felt to the movie. it's not a knock of the song. I mean, it's not a comment one way or the other of the song. It just did not belong where they put it. Uh, the trailer gives the impression that the movie glorifies the kind of thing that the film is clearly trying to, at the very least, show as unglamorous, if not outright condemn, and knowing Eastwood's attitude to these things, he was more or less condemning them. It he was. was like as, yeah, as a filmmaker and an actor, it was like, he said, well, this is sort of fun to do it all, but it's really horrible. You should be offended by this stuff. Eastwood, it's
0: his last uh, Western, and he, in some ways he was trying, in a way, to kill the myths of the genre, but between him and the, and the writer David Webb Peoples. But you're right, I, I think this movie was designed by somebody at Warner Brothers, said, we want people to be excited to go to old-fashioned Westerns. That star Clint Eastwood. So let's let's show them this. And they think it's gonna be just a typical Western. And then you go there and it's and maybe that makes the movie's impact even better. That the fact that if you're basing it on this, that you have no idea that you're in for something that's much, much deeper and much more important. Eastwood would hint at this in even in some of his more entertainment-based Westerns, but this was the the most overt he was that. You know, the heroes of that he's played most of his career were not good people. They were drunk most of the time and. They were not doing right, and we should not celebrate them. And and that's why it's a brilliant film. And that's why it's one of the most brilliant Westerns. And some ways. some people called it an anti-Western. But I feel like I'm starting to review yeah. the movie a little bit. But it's because I'm so mad at the trailer for really just misleading people in that way. So it, it it's among the worst trailers of the 10 that we're talking about. And as a movie, it's, it's up there with, with the best of these movies. I mean, it may be... Yeah. I, I think so far we're we're on to the sixth of the ten movies we're talking about and this is my favorite of the movies but my least favorite of the trailers so
1: well by contrast though so we, we can go on and on and on both of us criticisms about the trailer even though there's some things that you can acknowledge like it would have attracted an audience
0: no question yes. of that you know a marketing piece I mean, maybe is smart i don't yeah. know
1: it, it does show all the faces of the stars who are in it and of course it's it doesn't lie to us on... about
0: that. i mean it doesn't lie to us and make no. you know make it seem like somebody's in the movie a lot more than they are
1: if anything
0: they don't mention richard harris I don't think this trailer mentioned
1: Richard Harris, but his role is. It isn't. If he, was, if he was in the trailer, I don't remember it. So it couldn't have been, you know, a big moment or anything. They also didn't really give as much screen time in the trailer to Charles Bronson's character as he has in the film.
0: Charles Bronson? Oh. Um, Gene Hackman? Yeah, thank you. And of his performance in the movie that it's very frustrating that, you know, he happens to be in it. But when you see it, you see one of the great performances. And again, this is another character. The, the sheriff character is normally presented as some sort of a hero. A coward or a hero. But he is sadistic. And Hackman's performance in it is one of the great villains in uh, from uh, the 90s, which celebrated the villain quite a bit. So, yeah, it d- doesn't feature. And maybe that's, again, it's not... You know, clearly the movie's way better than the trailer, so maybe that's good that you go in. And I remember I was surprised at how violent uh, Hackman was early in the film, especially when he beats the crap out of uh, Richard Harris, and I had no hint that that was going to happen based on the trailer going in when I was a teenager seeing the movie. So
1: Hackman's performance is one of the best of his career, and he was a really good actor with a lot of good performances. Yeah, this one really impressed me.
0: Anyway, I, like, uh, I, I want people to check out the movie, but the trailer... Trailer is
1: yeah, you know, by contrast, well, sure. I, for one, found only one thing to criticize about the movie, and it's actually one specific line in one specific moment. English Bob, the character that they present, would absolutely never have used this expression, shit and fried eggs. Shit and fried eggs is an expression you'd expect from a character, a character like Mongo in Blazing Saddles, not from English Bob. He arrogantly flaunts his linguistic superiority and his grammatical correctness at the same time. These are the only rules that mean anything to him, grammar, you know, he would never use an expression like that, a vulgar expression at that. So totally opposite to the character. It really, it was a big clang in my ear. And that is the only criticism I can come up with of that. It's, yeah. it's brilliant.
0: Well, that's getting into reviewing the movie, which I've, <laughs> kind of dip into a little bit here. So, but I, I think it's unforgivable <laughs> the movie itself is way more interesting than this trailer. So, oh by far. If you're okay to move on. I'm, I'm okay to move on.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So, what is your fourth Western trailer?
1: 1973 High Plains Drifter, the other Clint Eastwood movie. A Drifter came riding out of the West. You know him as Clint Eastwood. The citizens of Largo. Didn't know him at all. What did you say your name was again? I didn't. Fear was in their greeting. Murder was in their minds. (laughs) We are talking about hiring a gunfighter. Yeah, we don't know anything about that fellow there. Who is he? Where's he coming from? get shot you don't want your shops or your houses burned you don't want your women touched you don't want anything to happen except you're afraid to do anything about it
0: and strangers got everybody in this town at each other's throats one man
1: against one town not bad odds about well, time to town as a new sheriff I'm the sheriff. And the mayor. The am the mayor. Any objections? No. You shot my ear off! I'll kill every man right off! You know what you are. You're an animal. Well, you have a way of bringing that out. Know him when he drifted into town. Now they'll never forget him. Are you? All right, so what do you think about the trailer of High Plains Drifter? Boy, again, mixed feelings, because it's somewhat misleading, but maybe understandably so. Something that perhaps is subtly mentioned in the trailer that's really much, much more important in the movie is how we perceive the central character played by Clint Eastwood, because we're Not really supposed to see him as a human as such. He's something different from that, at times maybe something more. Uh, In re watching the movie, it was almost feeling as though we were seeing a a little bit of a strange, twisted Western version of the story of Prometheus, in a way, you know? And the trailer just does not come anywhere near giving us the feeling, the understanding that the character Eastwood plays is, spoiler alert, an embodiment of the uh, now. The, the spirit of the now dead former Sheriff Marshall. Oh my gosh. I've seen this movie so many times. I shouldn't be able to tell you every character's name, but and names, you know, and titles in this case. It The trailer doesn't Quite convey what the film is. That's partly good because one of the reasons why the movie is so powerful is that you can at some point realize who the bad guy really is. And of course, it's all of them in one way or another. It's pretty much all of them. And a trailer shouldn't tell us that because we probably wouldn't want to see it. We want to have someone to root for. The film manages to let us have someone to root for much of the way. And then at some point, this character's dark side is revealed, then that one, then the other one, you know, and eventually. We get what's going on and by then it's okay because we've just been through this really interesting film experience. So I don't think a trailer could possibly do the film justice. So then if you look at the other side, how about the way it, it uh, conveys who's in it, conveys the impression of the uh, action of the movie and the tone of the movie. It does pretty well in those categories, I think. It definitely would attract an audience, as it did. So for me, this trailer is a lot better than a couple others, but not as good as the great in the group. It's somewhere in the middle.
0: It's an interesting one, just again, in danger of like, getting into the review of the film itself. But the, the other thing that East, Eastwood was kind of controlling the tail end of the man with no name. Because this was pretty much the character from the Sergio Sergio Leone trilogy come to life in a Clint Eastwood directed film in the 70s. And you know just his name had never been revealed in all these movies and was only really hinted at here at the very end in this film. And it, it's, it's made clear. So I think he was... My name is,
1: sorry, do you mean My Name is Nobody, the movie?
0: No, I'm talking about, you know, like um, for a few dollars more, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Oh, oh sorry, okay. Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns that Eastwood became yeah. famous in. He played a man who had no name in all those films. Yeah. And he took that character and put it in his own film with High Plains Drifter but instead kind of hinted at this is who the man with no name likely is. Right, and he, and you've mentioned it here, and so that's, that's that's part of the fun of it is kind of post a little bit post his yeah. spaghetti Western phase because this wasn't a spaghetti Western, this was an American Western.
1: Yeah, well, Eastwood himself directed it, didn't
0: he? Yeah, and so that's why Eastwood yeah. kind of controlled it, but he was kind of in a way not completely what he did with Unforgiven, destroying the Western, but kind of moving away as a transition point onto other things away from that the man who has no name, as as he was referred to at the time, as far as the the trailer goes, I, I think you know, I it's very seventies, and that works. For it, for me, because I like 70s cinema and I like that style, it works a bit against it, I think, in some of the ways that you're conveying that it doesn't really convey like the magnitude of this film. But it's another one of these films where it's kind of tough to be able to market it properly. But I think, you know, watching it, it's not a smooth trailer. It's kind of, there's these little pieces and uh, and it's, it's, but I think it's... It's put together in the way the trailers were at this time, giving it a little bit of an yeah. independent spirit type of feel, which was good. My my problem though, I, I think I think it does give away way too much of what happens in the movie as far as images, not not the subtleties, yeah. not the overall theme and message, but it gives so many plot points away that it lost lots of points for me on that one. But it was certainly an interesting trailer to watch. So I quite enjoyed quite enjoyed the trailer, and I, I I quite enjoyed the movie. I mean, not to the level of Unforgiven necessarily, but but certainly I, I I think it's consistent enough. I would like them to to hint at things a little bit more. I, I seem to keep going back to uh, Little Big Man again, as much as that was like let's play on the celebrities being in this this film. It, it showed these clips of the like nineteen reels or whatever. But it, you know, it showed a lot, but but it didn't give away a whole lot. This didn't didn't show as much, but it gave away a ton of, of plot points. So I, and, and again, I, each time I, I I watched the movie and then I watched the trailer after it, so it was so fresh in my mind. It was like, why would you show scenes from the climax of the film in your trailer? That's that, that's a problem I have with movies now, but I, I guess that's been a problem for a long time. So that's where I kind of land on it. It's a little bit mixed. I like the style of it.
1: It's most definitely though a better trailer than one we both slammed. <laughs> oh, way better. Oh yeah, there's no competition there.
0: And yeah, like it, even in style, it, it it's got this beautiful style to it that that Unforgiven trailer has, is a mess. Not to go on a tangent about that one again, but yeah, that if we're looking at the two Clint Eastwood trailers we're talking about here, this is by far the better of the two
1: well it's good to keep perspective because you you can be critical about trailers and still say they're functional they do the job pretty well especially when you compare them to the absolute failure and yeah, so it does. These also help us to see just how great some of the other trailers
0: are. I I'm been being pretty hard on some of these, but yeah, I think we're we're building up to some some pretty good ones here. We'll see if we agree on some of these last ones. But anything else you want to say about the High Plains Drifter trailer? Nope. I'm now going to present with you. I, I mentioned with the sisters brothers that I had this dream vision of the brothers Cohen directing that western film, and I think based on the dialogue, it would be that would have been great. Didn't happen, but the Cohen brothers did and i i don't like to even though people got got after it and i think it was unfair criticism I'm referring to it as a remake true grit
1: mr cogburn in your 4 years as us marshal how many men have you shot shot or killed let us restrict it to killed so that we may have a manageable figure
0: mr cogburn I'm looking for the man who killed my father. The man's name is Tom Cheney, and I need somebody to go after him.
1: What's your name? My name is Maddie Ross. Are you some kind of law? I'm a Texas Ranger. <laughs> I know Cheney. It is at least a two-man job taking him alive.
0: Why's the breaking? Can we
1: depart this afternoon? We? Oui. I'm going with you. Congratulations. You've graduated from marauder to wet nurse. They've being followed. Are we do, Marshal. You missed your shot, Cogburn. Just let this go. I thought you were going to say the sun was in your eyes. That is to say, your eye. You have a lot of experience with bounty hunters, do you? That is a silly question. I am 14. You can run on for a long time time for you to go home. I don't like you. I will not go back. Not without Cheney, dead or alive. League, cut you down. Cheney's here! Help me, Marshall! Now what? Cogburn? Them boys. Don't you know, think about the wrath that's about to set down on you Cheney and his gang a rough lot I do not regret shooting your father. I'll kill this girl. Biggest mistake you ever made. Tell him God's gonna cut you down. Help me. I can do nothing for you, son.
0: It was not a necessarily a remake of. The John Wayne film that he, for some reason, won an Academy Award for. <laughs> it, is a, it is a uh, more true to the book adaptation than the John Wayne film ever could be. I, I reviewed on our Jeff Bridges show with Larry Parsons of Rankin Review, which I'll plug again, True Grit, uh, the 2010 version directed by the Coen brothers. And this is a trailer that I absolutely love but it is not without its flaws. Mm-hmm. And this is a flaw that this is something I actually talked to Larry about in the review is when you watch the trailer, quite rightly, they'll mention Jeff Bridges as the star of the film. Then they'll mention Matt Damon. Then they mention Josh Brolin. At no point do they mention Haley Steinfeld, who to this day, I and I argued on the show before, so I'm not going to get too deep into this, but should have won the Academy Award. I remember
1: and, you saying that. it could too or not long after anyway
0: larry's contention was it was it was a lead role as well but it was her first film so that's why she was kind of and introducing type of thing but she should have at least been included when they're listing the names of actors in the trailer so that's my big critical tangent about it but once you get past that the tone's great they use use johnny cash music very very effectively it's not the only one that does this and the other thing it doesn't highlight Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper is very, very important in, in the film as well. So that's that's the other piece. But when I watched it, I was excited to watch True Grit. I wanted to watch it right away. So very high praise from the marketing standpoint. I don't think it gives too much away of the film. I left things to be even more more to discover and more excitement. And I, I think it's it's just a, a great representation of the film. I just wish it had highlighted a couple of the actors who are very crucial to the film. Like Josh Brolin, he's an actor I like, and he was very important in the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men. But this is kind of an extended cameo that he has in the film towards the end. He's a very important character. He's you know basically the target of uh, when the girl asks rooster cogburn to to assassinate uh someone it's it's to assassinate josh brolin but you know to mention him third and not mention the others i think is a is a real disservice to the movie that we actually see but that said i i just think it you know uh, i i really like i love in fact the movie it was on my 10 favorites of the decade it was my favorite movie that particular year it's one of my favorite Coen Brothers films, and I think the trailer got me excited just like the first time I saw it before the movie came out, and I was I was ready to go that first weekend to see that film, and I'll never forget seeing it the first time in theaters uh, around Christmas time. So yeah, that's, I'm, I'm rambling now because I am such a fan of the trailer as well as a fan of the film True Grit. So what did you think of the trailer? And had you seen the movie before?
1: I saw the John Wayne movie. You Oh, you saw it, yeah, yeah. And hated it. And was inclined to maybe watch this one after you and I talked about it. There is one way in which this movie and the trailer as well, but my criticism is more of the movie in this, in one sense. Um, I, I don't know about the book this could always be different but as you know movies that decide to uh, present themselves as being about a different main character than the story is really about remember to kill a mockingbird this one definitely did that in the john wayne version it was supposedly all about that character but clearly the problem with the movie was that it was trying not to be about the young woman who is the central character of the story if you map out the plot and the structure of the story and uh, in this version of True Grit, they got that right. They didn't quite get it right in the trailer. They still leave the impression mostly because even though her face is prominent through the entire trailer, they, they really don't give her any credit at all. So the film gets it right. The trailer leaves the impression that once again, the main character is Rooster Cogburn, but the main character is Maddie Ross. At the same time, Bridges' performance of Cogburn is like it actually should be as opposed to what John Wayne did, which was play John Wayne. And so one of the things that makes his performance appealing is that it's clear when you look at images of his face and he's looking at this this uh, this child when he first meets her, it's clear that for him as an actor, she is the main character. Just in the way he looks at her, the way he talks to her, the way he behaves toward her and toward others when she's involved, it's clear that he understands the, the function of his character and he does everything to make it clear. So it's a wonderful, powerful movie to me this is how it should have been done the first time but it couldn't have been because John Wayne was in it and so I'm really kind of forgiving toward the the trailer because at least she's there see her even though she's not given credit yeah and brolin shouldn't have been mentioned at all really in the trailer i mean his presence is there his character is important but she should have been mentioned first in the trailer too or second second would have worked if it had been something like bridges and introducing her that would almost solve the problem because we see her through the whole thing so it's just a little bit misleading the trailer itself reflects the structure of the movie without giving it away it's got a three-act structure well there's there's a Prologue and an epilogue story and, and yeah. the three acts. And that's that's a description of the trailer itself as well. Three acts. Which yeah. is the way there's it's supposed to be done according to the how to manuals. Of course, how to manuals are like those for stories and novels. They never recognize that there are a bazillion different ways to tell a story. Don't you dare tell anybody. There's only one way. However, in this story, the one way to do it is the right way to do it. So yeah, I think it's a very good trailer and it's just too bad about those two little failings of the trailer that are kind big to me yeah I don't mind Josh
0: Brolin at the end if you list about five actors but he gets mentioned she doesn't get mentioned and her and Bridges carry the film and their their dynamic becomes very important but the film is clear in the introduction and in the epilogue that it was her story
1: but it's an exciting trailer and and going back to the song the Johnny Cash song when you think of that song in relation to the progression of her character it's still perfect in a way isn't it No. No, it's, yeah, it might be a male voice, but it does kind of describe this this young woman's apprenticeship, and then the epilogue is the, the looking back from the adult perspective. So. It conveys
0: the violence and the danger in this, the film as well, which is very prominent. Not over the top, but yeah, it, it, it's an exciting trailer, and some of they get some of Jeff Bridges' best lines in there too, but in an appropriate way, not in sort of a cheesy Hollywood way. So,
1: and they could have taken some of those lines and made them into the cheesy Hollywood trailer but they chose not to which is good his lines don't come off like that in the movie but they would if they were to put into a trailer in the wrong
0: yeah i i think it's it's quality so anything else you want to say about uh true grit 2010
1: well I, I think people should definitely see the 2010 version because the trailer is good the film's even better it's a very enjoyable watch and it's a very worthwhile watch and it's a nice contrast it isn't violent but at the same time it isn't uh um, there's certainly nothing romantic about it. it's that era we now move on
0: to your last selection so what is your last western trailer that you want to share
1: with us well the the last one i have to mention this for a very good reason that will soon be clear. The last one I wanted us to do was a lesser known movie called My Name is Nobody, which had one big star in it, Henry Fonda. And he was also one of the reasons why I wanted to include him in something about Westerns. But we couldn't find it. Oddly enough, after we went through a few possibilities, and we we agreed that a good substitute would be Once Upon a Time in the West, I realized, you know, I should look up the date My My Name is Nobody was made. I think it was after 1968. Because I swear, Once Upon a Time in the West in a way might have inspired the story of Behind My Name is Nobody. And it just kept coming up time and again while I was watching the movie. I was reminded of of different elements of My Name is Nobody. So this was the perfect substitute. upon a time. in search of a name.
0: A film by Sergio Leone who gave a new face to
1: the West with a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. And the good, the bad, and the ugly. Starring Claudia Cardinale. Marie Fonda,
0: Charles Bronson, and Jason Robards. A manhunt.
1: A Vandera. 1968 film The Trailer the nameless character the nameless character is played by Charles Bronson I don't know for me the impression i get of that nameless character in the trailer wasn't really it didn't really do justice to the character that we come to know in the movie being a nameless character they wouldn't want to give too much away anyway so that might not be a fair criticism this trailer uses a narrator and the text that they give that narrator almost gives this the feel of a documentary. Of course, not a documentary. So somehow they also manage to convey a sense of the film being—I I want to say—an adventure. It isn't an adventure, but it's certainly adventure. Us. It has many characteristics and, and storytelling techniques that are reminiscent of adventures, but it's—it's it's more of a requiem and i don't know that the trailer manages to convey that that uh more negative side for me the trailer was a the heck of all the ways i would make a trailer for this movie this is not the one that that's how i felt about it and yet it does do some things kind of effectively it's not really misrepresenting it's more misleading the trailer has a feeling of a b movie the the trailer for a b movie the movie definitely is not a b movie So, you know, in in some ways, my criticism of this one is similar to our criticisms of Unforgiven, but kind of the mild version. I just didn't feel that it did a great job of selling anything to anybody on the whole. So there it is.
0: So I'll preface everything by saying that in probably, I don't know for sure, and not too distant in the future episode of the show, I will be reviewing this movie. So I don't want to get too much into reviewing the film, which, you know, I've been trying to avoid doing. So, but I do have to say, I'm, I'm in quite a different place than you are with this one. This was one of my favorite yeah. of the trailers. You know, I mentioned how kind of retro 70s High Plains Drifter was. This one was a retro trailer, but it was exciting. And you're right, it does give that B-movie feel because the Italian spaghetti westerns were B-movies. Because you're seeing people that were speaking their own languages. And so you'll see the American actors speaking in English, but there were several... Italian actors and lots of people who didn't speak English that were on set. And so these movies then were were dubbed and then they were sent out all over the world. So there are sections of all of Sergio Leone's films, but certainly this was still in with the westerns like coming off of the Eastwood trilogy that I mentioned earlier, The Man with No Name, where you'll you'll see a, a real variety of acting styles in there. And so I think the trailer does a good job of conveying that, but it conveys it kind of for for the time that was in, and this is kind of the kind of trailer, a bit more professional, a little bit better looking that would appear in in the Grindhouse movie just before Grindhouse or or B features, because in the B you know in the B movie world, Sergio Leone was a god. He was he was. The, there were so many copycats of these Italian Westerns that came out, many of them not very good. And that actually led yeah, into yeah. some other Italian cinema in the horror genre. There was a similar type of thing where they would take sort of a, a genre, which was established in American cinema, but they'd shoot it and have people speaking their own language. And it's, it's referred to in the movie once upon a halt Hol- time in Hollywood as this tower of Babel style of filmmaking. And I, so I, I, I kind of, Kind of dug it in some ways, how they marketed the movie and what they were doing with it. I think it shows enough to get people excited about the movie. But it doesn't give away the story, you know, and there's there's several things, you know, without getting too, too deep into like a review of the film, which I really don't want to do. But one of the things that they don't completely give away is the fact that, you know, Henry Fonda is the villain in this piece, which was a rare thing for him. Most of the movies, he's a hero or he was the, the moral center, but he is... He is a hardcore villain in the film. We see it's exciting. He's in it and, and there's just this great ensemble and they showed the coolest shots of Charles Bronson throughout, you know, and, and you yeah. see James Robards and it, like, it's an exciting trailer. You want to see this movie. It made me want to rewatch it. And I just had finished watching it to prepare for an upcoming show. So to me, that's what told me that it was a really, for for me, subjectively, a really great t- trailer, but, it was what kind of what I was looking for, but it's kind of good to get your take on it too. Which I understand your points, and maybe I, I've I've learned to sort of try to find my way to understanding the like these different subgenres of cinema. And I think it does a good job as far as being a, a spaghetti western, Italian epic western type of a trailer for a Sergio Leone film. So that's why I think I I'm liking this quite a bit more than than, than you did.
1: And that's that's fine if it was
0: yeah it's good it works for me yeah
1: exactly and and, and it's especially fine because i'm pretty sure we both really enjoyed the movie
0: yeah but yeah i don't want to say too much about it 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 will be a a show that i do in the sometime in the future so
1: had, had you seen it before no i i don't know why except well it was made in 1968 and i was 12 years old at the time so i wouldn't have been taken to see that movie you know?
0: it would have fit in wealthy drive-in it, it would point. have
1: i'm a little disappointed that it never showed but at the same time they were regularly showing high plains drifter and two wheels for sister sarah or was it three mules? i've forgotten how many mules sarah had Play misty for me and you know a host of others so somehow we missed once upon a time in the west but oh well you know, we saw a lot of others
0: yeah, it was kind of like a few. The ones that influenced you in the drive-in were a few years after this one, so
1: maybe this one wasn't included because it was a bit older. Maybe we just didn't happen to go that weekend, you know?
0: So it'll be interesting with the points to see where, where we where we put this one. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the trailer there. So I'm glad that you included it, as you know. I know you wanted a different movie, but you're right. In 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 some crazy way, it was the perfect substitute for My Name Is Nobody. <laughs>
1: Well, and you know, we did get Henry Fonda in there, didn't we? Yeah, we, we
0: we had to get some Henry
1: Fonda in our lives. We had to get Henry in somehow. So
0: everybody needs uh,
1: that. Here's a tidbit of trivia. I, I've been sitting here trying to remember the name and I just didn't bother to look it up of the actor who played Nobody and My Name is Nobody. I think his first name was Terrence. But the the, the trivia that's interesting here is that he somewhat resembles Charles Bronson. So again, I wonder if the filmmaker didn't Go for Bronson, couldn't get him. Found someone who looked like him, and it, as it turns out, someone who's much better at comedy. So, Terrence uh, Hill. Uh, Terrence Hill is I, the name. Okay, yes, yes. It yeah. was Terrence something, but if there's a photo of him on your on your phone, there you'll see that there is a resemblance. Short and stocky, for one thing.
0: Interesting thing too. It, it was, and not surprisingly, influenced by Sergio Leone. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't direct it. Or write it, but he had an idea, and it was other. It was other Italian filmmakers that made it. So, it, and it fits into the spaghetti western category as
1: well. And it includes trains. Always had to have a fight on a train. One of the most hilarious. Sorry, this is a, a tangent, but and one of the most hilarious scenes to me at the time, you know, the the older teenager watching that movie for the first time at the sundown drive-in, probably. There's Terrence Hill. They're they're in the train engine. Terrence Hill is leading back against the equipment he's got his feet propped up on a coal pail and he's holding the shovel in one hand and he's got a piece of coal in the other and fonda's character is desperately trying to shoot all of the other guys riding toward the train they're being attacked and this guy instead of picking up a gun and helping him he's keeping score he's keeping a tally of how many the great hero played by henry fonda is managing to shoot and it's just ridiculously hilarious from a satirical point of view it's kind of a perfect scene so so i hope you yeah. get to film sometime and you get to see how charles bronson could have been damn funny if only he'd been terence hill you know hmm. <laughs> well my last choice
0: here is I, I had to have a tarantino and there were two choices here but i went with django unchained the more famous of the two westerns that he's directed
1: There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. Down. Good cold evening, gentlemen. Amongst your inventory, I've been led to believe is a specimen I'm keen to acquire. When I hear that trumpet sound. What's your name? I'm on a ride right out of the ground. Django. Then you're exactly the one I'm looking for. Hey! Stop talking to him. Calm down. I'm simply a customer trying to conduct a transaction. Last chance, fancy pants. Oh, very well. Do you know what a bounty hunter is? You kill people. And they give you a reward. Better. Hmm. They are bigger the reward. I need your help. I'm looking for the Brittle Brothers. However, I don't know what they look like you do don't you they caught my wife and they sold her but i don't know who to that means we visit every plantation until we find her once the final brutal brother lies dead in the dust i agree to give you your freedom and i'll take you to rescue your wife where we going Gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. How do you like the bounty hunting business? Kill white folks and they pay you for it? What's not the like? I like the way you die, boy.
0: And again, very, very brutal film, a revenge movie against slavery. And this trailer is exciting. It's energetic. I didn't find that it gave away too much of the film. There's so many surprises in that movie. And the trailer that we have has such an interesting, again, Johnny Cash makes an appearance in there in a similar way to True Grit. But then there's some 1970s funk that's added. And when you see the movie, Tarantino managed to even include some gangster rap in (laughs) completely out of period music as this beautiful juxtaposition. He knows how to put music into a movie like nobody else you
1: yeah, he does. Um, I not put himself in, but anyway, well,
0: he puts himself in there too. But that's for the review of the film. Yes, exactly. but the Trailer. It is. It is such an exciting trailer, and it made me. You know, I don't. I don't have a anybody connected to a show in the future talking about Django Unchained, but I can't wait to talk about the movie and review it on the show here. So I'm, this substitute is to talk about the trailer, which I think is one of the best trailers of the ten that we're talking about here. So I don't have a lot to criticize Size with this one. I, I mean, I. I, I can try, but I, I think it does a good job of, again, this is a three-hour movie, and it's like Dances with Wolves. It covers a lot of the content, but it, it doesn't really show too much. Yeah. It leaves lots of surprises for when you see the
1: film. I think it's a great choice to not hit too many plot points, because it's a very involved plot. and, and <laughs> It's almost like we have three stories combined. They're definitely interconnected. There's, lots, there's no problem with unity or anything, but that would have been way too much to try to Actually, deals more specifically with plot. Wisely, it deals more with the general concepts, and mm-hmm. it does that very well. So, we do have a good picture of what the film is all about. So, no surprises. The violence isn't a surprise, but it wouldn't be anyway, because by the time 2012 rolled around, everybody knew Tarantino equals extreme violence. So, mm-hmm. that's not a surprise. But to exclude it's it, a, a it slow bill to it. Misleading. Sorry, pardon?
0: It's a slow bill. To the the violence,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. If if you were to criticize, and by the way, I agree. This is one of the best we've seen, and I've given it pretty high points too. If it's Holding anything back a little bit, it's about the more serious thematic side of the film. So we don't really know quite what to expect when we when we realize that the movie is about racism and it's about hate and it's about the almost inhuman arrogance of the racists. You know, they're not only racists, they're they're so far beyond what would be even a believable level of racism. But that's exactly what the truth was. So to say that the trailer doesn't deal quite as much as it might with the substance of the movie. I'm not sure that's a criticism, really. It's a good thing. We know that it's going to be about that. It's just obvious from from the points that well, we've chosen. Jamie, we also Jamie know... Fox, yeah, Jamie Foxx. The
0: images from the beginning of
1: the film where yeah. you know he's being he's being dragged along i was going to say the whipping we don't actually do we see any whipping in the trailer i don't remember now but we see of course the scars there, yeah.
0: there's the suggestion of it but it, it was so brutally done in the film that i even at, at the time that they could have gone away with showing that much
1: yeah it, it kind of leaves you with the The question, is this a Western? And so so does the movie. And once you've watched the movie, you realize, maybe sort of, maybe not sort of, but who cares? What's the difference? So in that sense, it reflects the film perfectly.
0: Every Tarantino movie is like
1: that. You could try to label Pulp
0: Fiction as a crime film, but that really doesn't convey everything that goes on in Pulp Fiction. You could call Kill Bill Bill, a Kung Fu movie, but that doesn't cover a fraction of what the two Kill Bill movies are. That's what Tarantino does is he knows all these genres so well, he can celebrate them, blend them together, but then do his own thing with it. It's like this great mixtape that he puts together with every movie that he makes where it's pretty difficult to completely point a finger. I mean, I I think it's just convenient to call it, a western but it's definitely not a dr- traditional western like a lot of the ones that we brought up are some of them are a little bit more traditional than others but it's kind of more closer to a uh, little big man than it is to high, you know high plains drifter it's its well, own it, thing
1: it is it's a beautiful film and it's a beautiful trailer uh, beautiful in the sense that it really does the job extremely well it's also hilarious in one way which i'd forgotten about and i actually burst out laughing when I saw the trailer again, the word Christmas is plastered all over it. And that I is know. It's hilarious for a Tarantino movie. It's totally irrelevant as far as the movie is concerned. Yeah. It just happens. It's uh, I think the phrase is uh, coming this Christmas yeah. early on in the trailer. Yeah. As I said, I burst out laughing. I was laughing so hard I had to start again because I'd missed most of what was going on. Yeah, it's just the absurdity
0: of, of something like this. Being, and then, you know, okay, take the family out to the Christmas movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I know that I had seen that once originally, because I saw the trailer for Django Unchained before I saw the movie, thought it's a coming attraction. Uh, and I've seen the movie now, I think it's four times now. Oh, I, wow. I really lo- I, I really enjoy Christoph Waltz in this movie. Well, Jamie Foxx in every wow. movie he makes.
0: I was nervous he wouldn't win, because he had just won for Inglorious Bastards two years before that. But he somehow topped a near-perfect performance in Inglorious Bastards. And this this one was you could argue maybe it was a lead performance, him and Jimmy Fox being co-leads in the film. Yeah. But he yeah. he was injured in the supporting actor it, it made sense. And I'm I'm really glad he won for both roles. Because, like, nobody else that I can think of could have played either of those characters as different as they were, as reprehensible as his inglorious Bastard's character, Nazi character, was. We cheer for this bizarre dentist bounty hunter guy, and and his entrance is, like, in in lesser hands. I'm getting into reviewing the movie. But anyway, just... Yeah, and and and
1: now I want to, too, but...
0: He has one of the great entrances, much like he had a great entrance in Inglorious Bastard. Love the movie
1: and I love the trailer. Anything else you yeah. want to say about it? No, but but I would like to remind everyone of the image of that that giant tooth on a spring waving back and forth as the wagon appears out of the darkness in that, that very early scene. In the movie and in the trailer. Yeah, that's what I was hinting at because
0: I, I was afraid I'd kind of get
1: into a little bit
0: too much of the you know <laughs> too much of the review by doing that. But yeah, it's it's yeah, a great it thing.
1: but it is in the trailer. So
0: yeah, it is for sure. Okay, okay now time to do uh, to do the math here and so what we kind of agreed on is we're not shedding a movie today as in i'm giving away a movie but five of these trailers based on our points would be shed and we're going to come up with what were the top five based on our points here Tom Ratzlaff, thank you for returning yet again to the show. And I know before we our, our points, I'm sure you'll be back and we'll we'll do these shows periodically, I think, and look at a, a variety of different genres. And whenever you want, you can do a traditional show too. So going in the order that uh, reveal we revealed these trailers, how many points did you give the sisters brothers?
1: I gave that one pretty high marks, eighteen. And dances with wolves. Give that one nine.
0: Little big man. Eight and blazing saddles i gave blazing saddles 10 the gray fox
1: also 10 unforgiven i gave that one a whopping three
0: <laughs> high planes drifter
1: did you laugh because you thought my three points was generous to that trailer? I, will
0: be, uh, whopping. <laughs> I,
1: <enjoy laughs> I was trying to be fair i'm sorry what was the next one
0: high Plains drifter the other clint eastwood movie yes i gave that one nine true grit
1: I think that trailer deserved 15. Once Upon a Time in the West. Well, despite a bunch of my criticisms, I still gave it nine points.
0: And Django Unchained.
1: 17.
0: We're close on a couple, quite far apart in other ones. There's only one movie where we had the exact point total, so that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. But but it's also the usual.
0: (laughs) So we're we're in different places here, but that's okay. I think we're going to part as friends, hopefully. So far. Starting off with the sisters' brothers, I only gave it 10 points. It was very much in the middle for me. I think it's you know it's exciting enough, but yeah, it wasn't compared to some of the other ones. It wasn't as interesting to me. I like the Dances with Wolves trailer more than you did. I gave it twelve points actually. Then Little Big Man, I only gave it five points. Again, I think it's just so misleading at what the movie is actually about mm-hmm. versus what it's promoting. Movie stars. I had more of an issue with it uh, perhaps than you did, even though it it's not uninteresting. I'll, I'll give it that. I, I only gave eight to Blazing Saddles. Uh, you know, it was a trailer that didn't excite me too much so it was a little bit below average but not not bad but certainly the movie is a lot more interesting than the trailer Grey fox yeah I, I gave it seven i mean i you know I, I think that the tone is quite different than what the film actually is but you know it wasn't it wasn't bad but it just wasn't great for me as i said like we we both like ripped apart the trailer of unforgiven i i was kinder to it i gave it five points it, it did a decent job of featuring the stars of the film i guess such a a strange choice for such a great film. High Plains Drifter, as I said, I kind of like the 70s style, but I actually gave it less points than you did. I gave it 8 points. Yeah, giving away too much of the movie was a little bit more of an issue for me on that one. The only one where we agreed, we each gave 15 points to True Grit. Really, really enjoy that trailer and it makes one one mistake. I think it's a big mistake, but uh, again, in comparison to some of the others, I found it a more exciting trailer. We were very much in different places, but I gave once upon a time in the west 15 as a trailer it, it was one of my three favorites enjoyed it quite a bit oddly enough i think you like the trailer for django and shane more than i did i gave that one 15 as well my three favorites even though they were equal number of points but uh, maybe if i was ranking these it'd be a little bit different but i gave them each of those ones 15 and worked out for for the math that i did so as it happens shockingly enough that Would It would definitely be shed from the uh, trailer shelf, uh, the figurative trailer shelf, if you will, with only eight points would be Unforgiven. Unforgiven, the the worst showing, it's weird to say that, the worst showing of this list of ten here. Then after that, with 13 points, Little Big Man would be shed. Then we actually would have a tie with the Gray Fox and High Plains Drifter would be gone. So what that means then is that... Making the cut of the top five, just barely, would be Blazing Saddles in fifth place. Fourth place would go to Dances with Wolves, thanks in large part to the 12 points I gave it, I think. Third place would go to Once Upon a Time in the West, I guess also because I gave it 15 points. <laughs> then the runner up, the second best trailer here, and one that would be a keeper for sure, is The Sisters Brothers, the 28 points uh, due to your 18 points that you gave it. And the big winner and the The best trailer of the 10 we've talked about would be Django Unchained with 32 points. In battling some of the technical challenges of this episode, I did in fact make a mistake when going through the total number of points. So I just want to correct that right now. Blazing Saddles would have been sixth with 18 points, so it would have been shed from the figurative movie shelf. Fifth would have been Dances with Wolves with 21 points. Fourth, Once Upon a Time in the West with 24 points. Third is The Sisters Brothers with 28 points. Second would be True Grit with 30 points. That's the movie I forgot to mention. And Django Unchained with 32 points was the highest points for any of the trailers. I'm sorry about this mistake. And that's where we land on this uh, interesting exercise here. And So hopefully you enjoyed uh, doing this, Tom.
1: Oh, yes, I did. It's It's also kind of fun not to feel what's the word I'm looking for. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for it's it's nice not to have to worry about something quite as significant as whether the, the movie's worthwhile or not they're all worthwhile, this is a, a different way of looking at it and though it hasn't worked out that way I think this could have given, well actually maybe it did, definitely it did, gave some praise to a couple of movies that we might not have given yeah. as high praise to in this particular group. Promoting The Grey Fox and promoting The Sisters
0: Brothers in in a way I think is, is a positive thing for listeners out there, and hopefully they'll check out some of the trailers. And hopefully we haven't spoiled too much of the meal of uh, watching the films uh, any more than the trailers would. Yeah, so I hope people check that out. I, really, old- hope, I
1: really hope they see the films, whether they they're interested in, in the films from the trailer or not. I hope they see the yeah, films. Please, All yeah, the films are out, worth yeah. seeing. The
0: only one that would completely steer you away is is Unforgiven, and and that movie is iconic. It's a classic now, and so people are not going to be steered away because they saw you know that trailer of uh, one of the great westerns of all time so yeah so just just before i go uh thanks again tom and uh we will hear from you again no doubt yeah. please folks check out a couple of podcasts uh friends of the show that uh, i've mentioned twice before larry parsons and his show rank and review i'm sure i'll be out back on his show sometime in the not too distant future and he'll be on mine but uh please check it out this is the first podcast i've recorded in 2021 and and so depending on when it comes out it might be a few months old but i was recently did a, uh, a show on movies about cults and some really scary movies that uh, Larry and I talked about. So if you want to listen to something, check out that show. Also, Kurt Fitzpatrick's A Lifetime of Hallmark. I still haven't been able to appear on that show because the various circumstances, just not having access to some of the current Lifetime movies that they have in in, uh, in the U.S. But please check out that show. They they go deep into their somewhat mocking criticism of these movies, and and uh, it, it's a fun podcast to. To listen to so check check that one out there and as always please folks be kind to each other be safe still dealing with a lot of post-holiday covid stuff here and uh, the vaccines come in and i think that's a good thing and please keep supporting artists and local artists and keep in whatever way you can keep uh, supporting and going to the movies